Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, in for LeGrand Jolly, who is out slacking off. With me is my fastidious and steadfast co-host, Dale Countdown Jones. How's it going, Dale? And just play fast. Also, if I if I run away race, I'm real quick. But you know, word on the street says that you're tedious. Yes. Well, I can be. I've been known. Okay. To be the the tediest of. That's that's why we have New Year's resolutions, is so that we can, <laughs> you know, kind of burn burn it off a little bit. Uh, Dale and I were talking about a number of things before the show. We talk about the most interesting stuff before we hit the record button. Quite mm. frankly. Yeah. Um, Dale got an irregular chair. That he's pretty happy about, and it's good. It's a good get. It's just kind of weird looking. Clarence chair. Clarence chair. Pretty good. Uh, we were talking about uh, wishbones, which I think mm-hmm. Dale ate the wishbone in the turkey this year. He says he forgot to get it out of the turkey. Yeah, no, we just, um, I think probably just because of the way I cut the breast off, it just didn't really present itself or something. I don't know. <laughs> where, is it? where is it? It's got to be somewhere. It's, well, by now it's, you know, in the carcass that's long gone. <laughs> unless it's, unless somebody ate it. But, th- but then the other thing was it could have been in the giblets, but you were saying the giblets are back in the turkey in a plastic bag. Like, it seems weird to me yeah. that they would extract the giblets and then put them back in there. When you buy the turkey at the store and you take the plastic off and then there's there's two, you know, cavities, right? <laughs> there's like where the, the guts and stuff were and there's the neck cavity, right? And so you reach into the neck cavity and all of the, the guts and giblets and all that are like in a little plastic bag that's... Uh, tied off in a certain way and then the neck is just stuck down in there also yeah can you can you imagine being the person who wants that stuff back in the bird uh i've probably had it that way before i don't know you know everybody has their own way of doing a turkey or gravy or, or whatever else right messed up messed up is what it is yeah it's neither fast nor tedious i don't i don't want nothing of it uh and then the other thing was dale was casting aspersions on my uh, game that i played this week pick saying that i have i've talked about this game before weirdly it shows up in kind of a weird way in the podcast history but i guarantee you listeners i i swear on a on a stack of uh, game pro magazines that this is the first time that i'll be talking about the game that i'm discussing tonight so let the record show dale yeah so that show where the the title somewhat resembles the title of this game has a mention of the KFC dating game, Colonel Sanders dating game. Yeah. But it's like, and, the, and then the title of the episode is Ultimate Chicken Face. So it's kind of like, is that like your O face, but for chicken for Colonel Sanders? Is that what it's referring Maybe? to? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember that. Was I on that episode? I'm not sure. Um, probably. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, you're gonna have to. And Dale, Dale conveniently is months behind on listening to our show, so yes. I use him to I use him to fact check all the stuff from six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's his inserting that's really what he jokes after the fact. Yeah, that's that's what he brings. He, nope. he brings his A game to the Game Bite Show podcast six months after the fact. Good job, <laughs> Dale. Uh, no, but folks, you've heard it here. Uh, this is the midweek show. We're going to talk to you about the games that we've been playing. Dale and I are going to keep it super lean, super short, super sweet, but we're going to insert the giblets back into the bird. So it's going to be another easy 30-minute podcast. Uh, so get ready. Free range and, uh, podcast. Free range. Sustainably we're gonna, produced. We're going to take the, the the three most convenient animals that come to mind first. I'm going to stuff them in one, one another. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to stuff a quokka inside an armadillo inside a toucan. Um, inside of a pangolin. Pangolin. Oh my gosh, they're so delicious. Uh, you know, I, honestly though, like one quick thing before I start talking about video games, I always imagined that if I was going to eat a pangolin, because I've thought about this, 
I would eat it a little bit like an artichoke. Yeah, yeah where you like use <laughs> you know, your teeth you, yeah, to pull yeah, the meat yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. The See, there you go. Yeah. Dale, Dale knows what I'm Dale knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. yum, Artichokes yum. are a pain in the ass to eat. I know. And you know, the artichoke hearts are actually kind of like the worst part of them. People always like pickle them and, and stuff. stuff. Or like, put them, you know, you find them on pizza sometimes and it's like, what the hell's going on? Why would I don't you do know. This? By the time you're pickling it, it's former food already. It's too late. Yeah. You can't save it. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of uh, stuffing animals inside other animals, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off this week by talking about my game, which is new to the Game Bite Show podcast, never before discussed nor referenced in any previous episode. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be talking about... You sure you didn't play this on the Vita? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't realize it. He just made a great face, though. I love Dale face. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about Ultimate Chicken Horse. Ultimate Chicken Horse, which is a real game. Uh, and these are animals that you can stuff inside one another and mm -hmm. devour the flesh. Uh, no. Ultimate Chicken Horse is uh, actually not a new game. I've been playing a lot of new stuff. I thought I'd go back to something old and crusty. Uh, for once. And uh, so I found Ultimate Chicken Horse. Ultimate Chicken Horse came out in like 2018, something like that. And um, and it is a kind of build as you go platformer. It's essentially a party game and it's pretty fun. I got to say, I wasn't quite sure what to expect playing Ultimate Chicken Horse, but it is way fun. Um, Ultimate Chicken Horse lets you play either online or locally with up to four players where each person gets to be an animal. And the animals that you can pick are a raccoon, a lamb, a chicken, or a horse. Uh, unfortunately, sure. the raccoon and the lamb don't get any billing in this game, but they're the best animals in yeah, my that's opinion weird. to play. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, I always pick the raccoon. It's just my spirit animal, my natural ally. Uh, but um, and and furthermore, each of the each of the animals has its own little personality. So it's a 2D platformer and they're kind of like cutely and simply drawn and and they do little dances. So aside from running and jumping and those kinds of things and ducking and looking up, you know, quizzically um, that you can actually make them do a little dance and each animal has its own little voice. So the raccoon is going to be like burk, 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 and the horse is going to be like or something like that. And yeah. It's just it's adorable. It's like it looks, super cute. Um, I'm looking at the video now, and it it really reminds me of like Super Meat Boy style level design. Yes, that's exactly right. Except for one thing, and that's level design. So there's no level design in Ultimate Chicken Horse except what you make of it. Oh. So the idea of Ultimate Chicken Horse is you have a beginning and you have an end. You've got a goal, a flag to get to. Um, and there are different modes, I should say. So I'm describing a particular mode, which uh, my favorite mode is party mode, where you have a beginning and an end. And then in every round, you get to pick from a number of level elements. And those could be vertical platforms, horizontal platforms, um, weaponry, um, black holes, uh, spike pits, all kinds of things. And all of the players in the game basically get to place those elements pretty much wherever you want on the level. And the goal is that you are kind of playing a little bit of a game of, um, uh, I, I don't know, chicken, I guess. I'm not really sure what to call it, but basically you want to get to the end of the level, but get no one else to the end of the level. So you want to sort of place a little bit of a bet on what you are capable of doing in platforming or barring anything else, just mess everyone else up on their way to the goal. And after every round, some people or no people, well, animals will get to the end of the level 
and our points will be allocated. Um, if nobody gets there, how does you the simply- screen adapt to like if two people are going in wildly different directions, like off the left and right side of the screen at the same time? Uh, it just pans gently. There's, it's actually not as big an issue as you might think. It but just if, it, keeps- if it pans, or does it zoom out? Because if it pans, yeah, yeah, it, zo- it zooms, okay. zooms and stretches and mm-hmm, and sort can of you kind of sort of do that thing that you get in like um, New Super Mario Brothers where. The screen is maybe scrolling a little bit and somebody gets killed by kind of getting caught in between some terrain. Yeah, yeah. The the levels that come with the game are typically very limited in scale. So usually you don't find yourself um, worrying about that too much. There is a mechanic or there is a a mode in the game where you can play completely user-generated levels from scratch. And those have bigger dimensions. And I've seen some of those, you know, get kind of zoomy-outy. Um, but, but ultimately what you end up with is in, in the moment to moment play is essentially chaos. Um, because as you, you know, as you place elements or you can actually pick bombs that will destroy elements and you can basically reconfigure the level and remix the level after every single round. Um, and so you might, you know, and you can sort of keep track of, of, you know, which people are really good and which people are really bad and be like, oh, everybody's going this way. I'm going to block that and, and, you know, try and figure out an, an alternate route for myself. And I'm going to sneakily, you know, cause I, I think I can, I think I can jump vertically over that thing and everyone else is trying to go straight through. Um, and, and it turns out to be just like great fun and you only get one chance to make it through. If you hit a hazard, if you get spiked on spikes, if you fall down, um, that's it for that round and you just have to wait for everybody to either die or get to the end and then points are allocated and then you essentially do it again um and and i i I don't know that there's a lot more that i can describe about it except that (laughs) it's just really fun and dynamic and and i think that's something that we don't see in very many games Mm -hmm. is a moment-to-moment dynamism like that like where you can essentially change the parameters of the game that quickly um and i may i might be overstating it a little bit there but it just it just really is fun to have a um kind of a framework to to play within to you know kind of competitively cooperatively i mean there's not really much cooperativeness to it i mean it is fully competitive but you kind of have to riff on other people as well and and you know like oh that guy put that thing down there well i'm gonna trump that by putting down this you know swinging pendulum killer thing and um, and, and that's just super fun. Um, as I mentioned, the game also has a, uh, uh, um, what would you call it? Like a user created gallery yeah, and everything okay. works on codes. So you can actually plug in codes and I don't know if, if random codes will, will generate things, but I know that there are, uh, lists and lists and lists of people who've just created their own crazy challenge levels. And right. that, that is one of the kind of downsides of the game a little bit is that that is sort of a very hit or miss proposition, I think. Um, I played plenty of levels where it's like, this is impossible. It is not fun. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, and, it, and it just didn't, you know, didn't really click for me. But all the rest of the modes um, are, are just, it's just really fun. There's just a, a really fun, like you can sit a bunch of people down and presuming that they have at least some interest in playing a, you know, Dale, like you said, a Super Mario or Super Meat Boy type game. I mean, as long as you don't have people who are like, oh, no, I'm not even going to try that. You can get a pretty good game going. Um, cool. The, and, and the trick is that it's hard, I think, to balance the impossibly difficult because there's no restrictions just anything that you can place on there is is fair game um but but it is something that moves quickly enough and and it gives you the opportunity to self-correct by deleting and reconfiguring and and changing things around Mm -hmm. um that it it doesn't really become that much of a 
of a problem. And it's just very improvisational. This is a game that's pretty fun to play just with a random, you know, just go out to the internet. And and actually at this time, two years after the game came out, I think it's two years. Uh, well, I guess a year and a half or whatever. Um, you can find games pretty readily. And mm. it's basically just, it's like, hey, I'm playing against a chameleon and a, and a sheep and it's cool. And I'm going to screw them over by putting this uh, conveyor belt here that goes right into this barbed wire or something and that's how it plays and that's like the whole thing um the game is pretty inexpensive i want to say it's like normally 15 bucks it is on lots of different platforms as far as i know it is not cross-platform which is kind of a shame it would be really cool if if there were i was um, I, music- I was seeing on the steam promo video it is pc crossplay with switch oh uh, okay so, so i uh i picked a picked a loser here and played it on the playstation 4 um, uh, but, yeah. but I did play it from my PC via remote play, which was uh, pretty sweet. So, uh, that's all right. Shut up, Dale. That's just how I roll. I, I don't want any of your judgments. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there seems to be a pretty decent, um, pool of players, I think to choose from. And again, I think it would be fun. I haven't tried it yet, but I think it would be fun to bust this out at a party um, the music is really fun. It has sort of a, um, not, not really a jazz sort of thing, but almost like a, like a wicka waka guitar, kind of like a black exploitation sort of, uh, oh, okay. Funky, jazzy. So it has sort of a Curtis Mayfield kind of, kind of vibe to it, which I, which I dig that too. Um, and, uh, and that's it. So I would commend to you if you are ever, cause it happens sometimes where you're looking for like, Hey, I've got, you know, people to, to play a game with. I'm trying to think of something fun. Um, I, I can recommend to you Ultimate Chicken Horse. Uh, and the, the fun thing about it, so the, the, the reason that it's called Ultimate Chicken Horse is that when you win a match, like when you get the, the most number of points for a set number of things, you are the ultimate whatever. You're the ultimate horse. You're the ultimate raccoon. But you can never be um, two things at once, can you? Uh, no. No, that's true. You cannot. So how? So how? The mystery of Ultimate Chicken Horse continues. Maybe if there's like a photo finish where both get there at the same time or something. It could be. Ultimate You're the ultimate chicken, chicken horse. horse. Actually, the, the, what it is is you take the, the chicken, you stuff it inside the horse, you cross the finish line at the same time, crack the wishbone, you're good to go. Dale, what have you been playing this week? Um, right. <laughs> so I have been playing a, a game that I came to from a couple of different vectors. Uh, first, it's a game by a guy called Terry Cavanaugh. Uh, who you might remember from VVVVVV. Uh, yeah, which or, just saw its 10th anniversary, I think. Oh, uh, that's a fantastic game also. But yeah, it is. That and uh, what, like Super Hexagon is one of his. Oh, And yeah. was there something else maybe? Or he might have gone from Super Hexagon right into uh, this game, which I think is, is still fairly new. It's called Dicey Dungeons. And it's oh. one that I kind of had my eye on for a while because I, I followed him on Twitter, uh, you know, like years ago. And I was just mm-hmm. like, as he's been um, having the like indie game jams and and all the other stuff that goes on in that community, like this game has sort of been, I think, his main project that he's been doing for a while. That's funny. I'm actually looking at his um, gameography at the moment. Oh, and yeah. it's all like that sort of game jammy stuff. Yeah. Um, most of it, pro- like how many of those are, are releases? Do we know? A ton of them are on Adobe Flash. Okay. So if that if that tells you anything, but Dicey Dungeons is uh, I think the newest one on there. I um, I can just go to his like store page on Steam and see what all's on there. It's like 
Oh, you know, it's literally just those three games that I mentioned. <laughs> so he's, he's got one game. Let me try this out. He's got a game that was released on Flash and Ouya, rest in peace, called Baba Dalgaragtakaminaran Konbrontanaran Tuan Thun Trovarohan Skon Tuhu Hurdenen Thurnuk. Okay. I hope you didn't just summon a demon or something. So, I I'm not sure what happened. But <laughs> I'm feeling my giblets right now. So so dicey dungeons. Um, aside from being you know the next game in his hit series, I'll go ahead and call it uh, VVV. Uh, you know the V's <laughs> and then super hexagon. V, I, I call it V six times. Is my yeah. I mean that works also right. Um, I played super hexagon back on uh, my like iPhone five back in like 2012 or something oh yeah that game was awesome um and so simple too yeah yeah, very simple and extremely difficult at times but enough about those games uh dicey dungeons is i'll tell you what i thought it was going into it (laughs) uh and and then i'll tell you what it actually is um i thought it was basically going to be uh like a roguelike where the character that you played um was a a six-sided die die or dice as the english call them apparently uh-huh singular they call dice they're like so pick up a dice and roll it um i mean we've all done that in our younger years it's just a weird thing i've learned recently playing like warhammer it's like the english dice thing is strange but anyway hmm. you play as a, a quote-unquote dice um and the dice have different uh, character classes, like you would expect in a fantasy dungeon crawl sort of thing. You know, there's the the warrior and the thief, um, and then uh, the other two characters I've unlocked so far are the robot and the inventor. Uh, and I believe there's a witch, and uh, I'm not sure what else, but um, I think there's several things that I've yet to unlock. But so that's what I kind of thought it was. It was just going to be like sort of just, you know, a roguelike, but obviously with like dice-based mechanics. So it would be a lot of random values, you know, one through six, and you would assign them to, I don't know, like beat up monsters or, or whatever, right? Um, and, you know, I was, I was sort of on the right path. But what I didn't expect about this game uh, and what I was a little bit surprised by is that it has – it's themed as though – it's like a late 70s, early 80s game show. So okay. if you imagine like the set of like Wheel of Fortune or The Price is Right or something with, you know, like big bold colors and lots oh, of yeah. glitz. And uh, the host is Lady Luck. Uh, and she has this like big puffy, almost like pirate-esque uh hairdo with a like a do-rag you know and then she's wearing these like epaulettes like a naval uniform sort of thing um and the and the stage is it has like all these spotlights and like you know big bold colors and all that stuff but you don't actually see all that much of that sort of theming because pretty soon like a contestant comes out on the stage and they have like a human silhouette and then they just get kind of like magically changed into a, a dice with arms and legs and you know carrying a weapon or tool or something and then they go into the dungeon and the dungeon view is uh the whole artistic style of this game is what i would call something like flash game it, it looks a little like with, something from from like jackbox or something like that yeah or or even like um 
Adult Swim or something a little bit, you know. It's okay. It's yeah. it's a, it's a modern animation sort of style, um, you know, bright, uh, sort of happy, very, very expressive, weird eyeballs yeah, that are just cute. like too. You know, yeah. it's not like realistic or like gritty at all or anything. I mean, obviously the characters are giant dice, right? <laughs> right. Um, but so briefly, the way it works is it's a lot like Slay the Spire. Um, which is the card game deck building roguelike that uh, I chose for for game of the year last year. And so I kind of knew that going in, or I kind of thought, well, I think it'll be sort of, you know, it'll be the the randomized element um, roguelike sort of thing, but instead of cards and, and dice building or deck building, it's, it's, you know, dice or whatever. But what I didn't know um, and what's kind of cool is that each, Character class that you play as, they in effect have um, the way that these things are presented to you on screen, um, which are what's the what's the word the metaphor or whatever. The metaphor is that these things are like your weapons and armor, right, or your your equipment, okay. you know. And so when you're facing off against an opponent, like or like a monster that you encounter on the map, which is similar to Slay the Spire, it's a map of like nodes. And like you go to the, you know, the cute little porcupine guy and then you're fighting the porcupine, right? And so you have these, you have in your inventory, imagine like a Resident Evil grid, right? Of your inventory, except that it's, it's a rectangle and um, you can either have things that are like two units tall or one unit tall. And you can have a, a total of like six units, you know, in a three by two grid. Um, and those are your, that's your loadout in your inventory. So like a thing that's two units tall is usually a pretty powerful ability because it's taken up two slots, right? And a thing that is one unit tall is a little bit weaker, you know, something that's standard loadout. You want, you know, it's just something that, because they give you the, the capability of taking more of those into a battle. And so these equipment that you have, they present themselves on screen during a battle as like little cards kind of things. And then depending on your character, you generate dice in a few different ways. So like when you're the warrior, you just get um, dice based on your character level. So if you're character level one, you get one dice. Character level two, you get two dice each turn, right? And then what you do is you you take the dice as they're presented in like, you know, whatever, if it's a two or a five or a six or whatever, and you look at your cards and your cards will tell you like this card can accept any dice or this card can only accept dice up to a maximum of four. Uh, this card can accept only even, only odd, you know, whatever it is. And then mm-hmm. they'll have something that they do with those dice, right? And so like... The most basic one is you put your dice on this card and it does that much damage to the opponent. Uh, or you, you get one that's like on an even number. If you, if you give up an even number, you can do one damage and apply uh, poison to the enemy. And then when it's their turn, they take damage based on how much poison they have. Or you can do things like burn where – if you drag a dice over to the to the card that has the burn ability, it might do some damage, might not, but it'll burn one or more of their dice. And what that means is when they go to use that many dice in their next turn, for each one, they got to take two damage yeah, in order damage. to use yeah. that dice, right? And okay. then there's also – there's a couple of other status effects. There's um, – I think it's called shock. And what that does is it like 
deactivates your card until you pay one dice of any value to reactivate it, and then you can go on and use it, right? Um, but so the way it plays out is um, each character progresses through a dungeon, fighting enemies, and then uh, gaining more and more equipment to choose from. You're always limited to that, like very, you know, um, rather limited selection of things that you can have on your screen right at one time so you're you're looking at the new cards that you're getting or the new abilities or equipment or whatever and going hmm i do i like my current setup or do i want to like take something out in order to try this new thing right and what i found on my last run that i just did which i i it turned into a win um as the robot uh it was i found that as I was going through, I just kind of like settled into a loadout that had me doing a lot of damage. And then new things would come along and I'd be like, I don't really want to give up my damage because I, this is. That's the load you got. Which yeah. you sort of said the same thing about Slay the Spire too. So I think we've sort of figured out your. Yeah. Well, so what you do foibles. in, I think in both of these games is at the beginning, you're kind of dealt what you're dealt and, and you kind of like look at that and go, okay, from this. I'm going to build in this direction. And then that can change every single round, right? So um, it pays, I think, to kind of look at your early options and settle, you know, like what's the word or what's the saying? Like don't sit on the fence, you know, like like right. choose a direction and go in that direction, you know? Um, and yeah, I think that applies to, to both of these games. But um, on the other hand, as a specialist, you can find yourself in a pretty bad spot pretty quick if you are in the wrong fight. Yeah, exactly. If you, it, right. Yeah, don't um, don't don't deal in half measures or whatever that saying is, right? Um, <laughs> Win at all costs. Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, pick a the road not taken. Uh, um, I'm not sure really what else to say about the game other than it seems to have at least five or six character classes, and they're all decently different. So, like the thief. Um, one of the things that he does is he randomly selects one of the enemy's cards each turn in addition to the ones that you have selected on your own. Um, and, and are they hidden or can you – could you see like – Yeah, you, they're not – I mean, no, they're not hidden. They're not on screen but you can click a thing to like look at the cards that your enemy oh, has, okay. has, has to choose so from. Are, so are the, mecha the mechanics then are pretty transparent. Then yeah, it's not yeah like there's um, – it's what the, I guess they would call a – like perfect information game, um, mm. except for in a few, I mean, you don't know obviously what the dice are going to be before they're dealt out. Right. And right. there are a couple of, um, there are a couple of like buffs or, or debuffs that you can get that will randomize something and then keep you blind to it until you go to use that dice. You won't know what the value is um, and things like that. But it's, you know, it's, I think I've outlined most of what's in play here. So it's a fairly, Simple? I don't know. It's, it's comprehensible. Yeah, straightforward yeah. game. But it's it's cool. Well, let me ask you this. So you just gushed in 2019 about Slay the Spire. That was your that was your overall game, right? That was like your number yeah. one, yeah, that's number one thing. So how how would you suggest that this is materially different? Like how if I had both of those games in front of me, let's say yeah. let's say I'm uh what's the the proverbial donkey that uh, has the B Boromir's ass or whatever it is <laughs> and uh, I've got these games equidistant from me oh yeah I'm how do sure. I decide which one to play before I starve to death that's a really good question because they are but really so is it just like a is it just like a reskin or like what's the no, I mean I know it's not a reskin but I would say they're in the same genre but like 
like shoot 'em ups. Like one is like a side scrolling shoot 'em up, and one is a vertical shoot 'em up. Okay, well there um, you go. I, but no, I I think so. You can you can get through a complete game of dicey dungeons in probably about half the time of a compl- unless you just are terrible at Slay the Spire. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Slay the Spire has three character classes. I don't think they've added any more. Um, and each of those probably has three solid ways to play it. Right. Um, so maybe say that's like counts as like six to nine classes nice. or whatever. Um, Dicey oh, Dungeons six, two, seems to have about the same amount. Um, the thing about Dicey Dungeons is that I've, I've won it twice now. Uh, I won first with the warrior and then I won, like I said, with the, the robot tonight. But what happens when you win it is uh, that's not all. Because you've only completed the first of six episodes with that character. <laughs> and then, so then you – I don't think I've unlocked the ability to go to the next episode yet. I think I have to play through or at least try the game with a couple more characters first. And, and when you say episode, that's going back to the whole game show idea. So it yeah, literally exactly. is a game show. It's not, it's not just themed as a game. You're like playing a game show. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens when you get to when – you, when you fight your way through the dungeon, right? So like each, each floor that you're on has a few nodes of enemies and then like a couple of treasure chest in a shop you know when you get down to floor five it's the boss and Mm -hmm. the boss um i don't know if they're set per class or if they're completely randomized or what but each one has been unique so far and so like against the warrior it was a it was a dragon uh i think that's right unless that was the thief um the one that I just faced with the robot was this like lady in a bee costume. <laughs> and no, that she makes was, sense. She was doing um, electrical damage at me. <laughs> and huh. uh, but anyway, when you when you win or when you don't, there's like a another announcer host person that comes on the jester, and then they'll like tell you some stuff. If you win, they'll be like, spin this wheel and get a prize. But so far, both times I spun the wheel, it. it lands on the single like skull space you know <laughs> so i think it's just a gimmick right um and yeah and then they'll say something like oh well you didn't win a car uh but you did win a 50 expired 50 percent off voucher to your local pizza place you nice know, stuff like that um, congratulations so i i think there's quite a few more depths to be plumbed here um but right. it's it's a cool game mechanically very solid um and it's fun to to do to, to play so you heard it here. Uh, game of the year, Dale Jones 2020, Dicey Dungeons. So far. So far. <laughs> so far. Actually, I think it's- There you go. I, th- I think it was released in 2019. Well, you know, it's 2020 now, so- Yeah, it was released in August. We made it. We're here. It's the future. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, uh, I guess uh, look forward to uh, maybe some more Dicey Dungeons. I mean, there's got to be there's got to be something more different to it. I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaving that to you, Dale, to sleuth it out. To like out. I said, it's like it's practically the same genre as Slay the Spire, but instead of cards, it's dice. Okay. You well, know, if you're more of a dice man than a than a card. It is man, interesting guess, that uh, these two games sort of materialized pretty, you know, near to each other chrono- chronologically. Yeah. Plus that total ripoff that I played that was on, which I don't know, maybe is not a ripoff. I mean, maybe it came first. I, you know, yeah. I'd, who even knows? Uh, but it's the only one that I can play on mobile. So I don't, is, I don't know. Is Dicey Dungeons on any other platform besides I PC? I think or it's it... on mobile. Pretty sure it is, actually. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe I better, uh, maybe I better go looking for that. Check it out. Maybe it'll be my game of the year. Yeah, know. maybe. 
Well, folks, uh, there is plenty of 2020 left for us to play lots more games every week here on The Game Byte Show, but that'll do it for this episode. If you have any comments about the games that we've played, if you are playing one of those, uh, you know, knockoff roguelikes that's floating around out there and want to give us your two cents on... Uh, and what's what's happening in that scene. Uh, let us know about that. You can find us on social media and tell us all about it. We are collectively found on Twitter at GameBite Show. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can also find our regular host, LeGrand Jolly, at LeGrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E. And Jared Red I Done is at R-E-D underscore I. Find him principally over at GameBite, uh, I'm sorry, at twitch.tv slash GameBiteShow. Uh, you can also find the archives of our video streams over at youtube.com slash GameBiteShow. We're at GameBiteShow.com for the podcast. Find the back catalog. Uh, Join Dale about six months ago uh, oh, yeah. in the GameBite Show history. And, uh, you know, I think we're just about to get to E3. Ooh, oh my gosh, exciting times. Uh, catch up on some of that GBS lore that you are that you're thirsty for. I know you're thirsty. And uh, folks, of course, it won't be too long before we are coming back at you with a new podcast. I think we're getting back in the swing of things, so in just a few days we'll be back to you to talk about the news, new releases, and a special topic of discussion. But until then, this has been your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Good seeing you. Baba Dalgarag Takaminaran Khan Brontanaran Tuan Thun Trovarohan Skan Tuhu Hur Denen Thurnuk. 